Hey everybody, I'm Robbie Robinson. And I'm Brooks Berry. The umpires are human, the coaches are volunteers, and no scholarships will be handed out during the podcast today. This is Playing Time. This isn't fun anymore. This is Playing Time, a podcast about parents navigating youth sports. Let's head back to the studio and Brooks Berry and Robbie Robinson. Hey, Daddy, when can we ride our bikes together? Well, welcome in to our first episode of Playing Time. If you did not listen to our preview episode, go listen to that right now. It gives you a little bit more insight on who we are. It takes about seven and a half minutes. Then you can jump right back into us here. The story. I'm driving down the street a couple Sundays ago. My son is playing in a travel baseball game. And I'm heading to that game. I had, Youth sports on Sunday, a total another topic, right? But keep going. <laughs> I had um, I'd served, I'd, I'd volunteered in church. I told them I was going to do it. I'd volunteered. Riley went to an early service. Someone came, picked him up, took him to the game. <laughs> I'm making you feel guilty. There's an app <laughs> on the phone where you can follow the game. There's this little, it's called Game Changer. Dads know it in travel baseball dads really know it and you can watch the game basically kind of a, a small little animation like there's there's sound effects and there's also now a radio part of it where you press this little button and it becomes a radio voice and riley r on the mound thomas s at the plate and has sound effects and ball one so i'm driving i'm trying to get to riley's game because i don't want to miss a minute i can't miss a minute of his game so i'm dry but i'm have it in all of a sudden riley goes to the pitching mound. It's the fourth inning. I think his team's like just taking a lead, eight to seven, and Riley goes to the pitching mound, and all of a sudden, I am a hot mess. I am sweating profusely. So I'm listening to it through my car stereo. Again, picture this. I am listening to my son's random travel baseball game through my car radio's Bluetooth through this app. Ball one, ball two, ball three. And at that point, like I could have, pulled like a LA freeway. I mean, just, I'm just, I mean, talk about road rage. I was on the way to road rage, foul ball, strike two, and then a swing and a miss, strike three. They have this voice out like, strike three, you're out. I'm like, and I let out this like, whoo, just like that. Couldn't believe it. Next guy, fly ball, right field. And there's a catch caught by Rhett O. It's like, whoa, two outs. I'm still driving. These apps are incredible, by the way. I, I, that's, I can't get my head around how they can broadcast it via computer, but that is phenomenal. You're driving to the game, and you're listening to play-by-play. Listening to it. Final guy. Strike one. Ball one. Ball two. Strike two. Strike three. You're out. Strike three. You're out. Inning over. No runs, no hits, no errors. And I unleash this, like, ho-ho, yeah! I'm in my car by myself as loud as I've probably ever cheered in a long time. My question to you is this, Brooks Berry. <laughs> what in the world am I doing in my car and why in the world? Riley Rob- it is important to me that Riley Robinson does well in math, that he does well in social studies. When he comes home with good grades, by no means is the reaction that way. It's important to me that he learns about the Bible and he learns about Jesus. And when he tells me any Bible verses, there is no like that. So when you cheer on the Cavaliers, your alma mater, uh, do you cheer that loud? I mean, I, 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 when they won the national championship <laughs> in basketball, when I there is very few things in my life that I've ever cheered that loud for. Wow, 
So what is going on in my head? Today we're going to talk about living vicariously through your kid. That has been the scarlet letter since we were five or six years old, Brooks. I can remember people saying that guy's living vicariously through. Oh, you don't want to live vicariously through your kid. You know what? Be careful. You're going to live vicariously. And that is, it is scarlet letter. It is no, you bring a hundred dads in here and they'll say that they do not want to live. No, I don't live vicariously. Oh, I don't want to do that. What do you think living vicariously through your kid means? Robbie, I've seen it a lot in youth sports where dads maybe didn't have the career that they wanted to, or they did, and they want to continue on in that limelight uh, because they feel like they're this great athlete. And so uh, they're now transitioning this feeling, this uh, status in athletics to their kid, and they're living through them to get those same feelings that they had either when they played or the feelings they didn't have when they played, and they wanted so badly to be that athlete. So um, I was that athlete. You were that athlete. So we we were, but we weren't, right? I mean, I think sure. you and I both, we played Division One athletics, but I look back at my uh, career and I, I think, man, if I only could have been this or this. Fair enough. I, feel, so, the, I feel the same way. So in, in, in some ways, you don't want Riley to experience the same failure you did when you got on the mound for Virginia, right? Exactly. No, I don't want him to have that yeah. failure in any part of his <laughs> life at all. Like, there's no... <laughs> So what do you think it is that drives, because I am not alone. Brooks, I feel like this podcast, I represent a host of dads that are being tractor beam pulled to crazy sports parent. Have you ever had interactions with crazy sports parents? And what is it normally framed as those conversations? Uh, I mean, having been a high school athletic director for six years and a uh, coach in the high school level and in college basketball as well, you... You see parents in all different shapes and sizes, and I will say there are great parents out there, but you see a lot of them where sports have completely overtaken their mental stability. <laughs> They're crazy. <laughs> and I, I hopefully, I'm hoping, Robbie, you don't get pulled in that direction. But um, uh, the first thing that parents say when they come to talk to you and they have complaints is, listen, listen, Robbie, I'm not this guy, but I just saw this happen, and I need to talk to you about it. Or when someone loses it on an umpire, you know, usually they're not that guy. But I can't stand for this right now. I gotta take up for my kid. <laughs> yeah, take up for my team. And I think the root of it is, uh, and one of the roots is living vicariously through their child, wanting the best for their child, but not really knowing what is best for them in youth sports. And I think it's great that we cheer for our kids and we want them to be successful, but. How do we temper that to make sure that uh, it is a healthy balance or a healthy relationship with your child, you sport, and as a parent? For me, Riley's success is like a drug. It is crack cocaine for me. When he strikes a guy out, the feeling I get is obviously an immense amount of pride. And I think there's a large part of it that is does not- Why is that? I don't, well- I think, I think it's an unhealthy place. And I think for a lot of dads, it comes from an unhealthy place because ultimately, I mean, we're all trying to find our identity as a lot of us are trying to find our identity as a dad. And we're trying to, to have those staples of, of success as a father. Cause you know, you don't know the payoff until a lot longer down the line. Identity kids, is a great word by the way. So yeah. So you're trying to find that identity. And I think when the the domino effect or the 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 equation in my mind sometimes when he strikes out a kid is like hey look what i was able to accomplish 
by working hard through with my son and here is the return on the investment. And that there's some, and in my, the way I am wired, I take pride in that. And is it living, is that living vicariously through my son, do you think? I do not in the fact that it's healthy for you to want your son to be successful. But is it healthy for him to be successful so it could prove that I know no, what I'm talking about? And I think sometimes, I think with a lot of dads, it yeah. comes, and if they're really honest with themselves, and I'm going to try to be as honest as I can on this podcast, as vulnerable as that makes me, yeah. doing a lot of Brene Brown watching here, <laughs> um, is that it, it is a, for me, it's like, hey, I was able to teach that. That is the clay that I've molded, and molded, and that's that makes me happy. Now, that's one part of it. One real, it's it's a part of it. The other part of it is the fact that I love watching my kid have success. Do you think, in the time that you've had with your parents, which one of those do you think is more apt? If you're not living vicariously through your kid, but you get so excited when they get they have success, do you think a lot of parents that you have dealt with and you see? Are they doing it because they're just happy for their kid, much like they'd be happy when their kid wins a Fortnite series, or are they are they proud of themselves through their kids? I think identity is the key word, and they see their identity amongst their peers, other parents in the stands through the success of their child, and their their self worth is wrapped up emotionally in how good their child does. They they stay awake at night thinking somehow their child's performance on the field, the diamond, the court values into their identity and self-worth as they walk around town. And I think that is unhealthy, and I think that is a problem we have in youth sports today. And and the more success that kid has, the stronger that identity becomes. You know, exactly. Hey, that's, that's, uh, that's Steve's dad, man. That guy, that son, man, his son's a stud. Oh, I bet you I could, you could take out a pad of paper right now and write down four dads that when they walk out to the baseball park tonight or other dads, yeah, that, that's Johnny's son, you know, and, and, uh, he's tracking to play baseball at the division one level and he's leading the league. And then Johnny's dad's over there. He's, He's, Wearing his Under Armour shirt, he's got, he's got his got Under Armour shirt, he's, visor on the yeah, Oakley glasses. Yeah, exactly. And I and I think um, that dad, and and not all of those dads. Some dads just like to wear the Under Armour shirt and visor, but <laughs> but a lot of them are are it's their status symbol and they're living vicariously through their kid and their sports experience. Um, and my goal, Robbie, is for you not to become that dad. dad well, all right. So that's <laughs> are you already that dad? I think there's a pretty good chance I'm already that dad. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of them behind me that are also that dad. Where it's, yeah. I mean, our week is a Tuesday night rec baseball game. Wednesday night, we've got uh, travel baseball practice. Thursday night, hey, let's go out and swing some in the backyard. Uh, Friday night, maybe we go do batting practice over at the academy. Maybe we don't. Saturday, rec baseball game. Sunday, two, maybe three baseball games. That's our life right now with an 11-year-old son. Um, and I feel like I do all that so he can get better, so he can have success. And are you doing that because you want to do it because his performance matters to you and how you're portrayed by the other dads? Or are you doing it because your son just really wants to be a great baseball player? And is he's coming home, Dad? You know, I've got a big game in two nights. I really want to try to hit better. Will you take me to the batting cage? That is a key question right there. Well, I was the 
I was the latter of those two. Like I was the, I, I was the one that said, Hey, can we go to the batting cage? Can we go to the batting cage? I mean, can we, can we throw, can we, I, all right, you don't want to throw with me, dad. All right, I'm going to go out and I'm going to throw a tennis ball against the brick wall. So you were, but that's who I was. But is your son that guy? He's, that's not his default. It's not, it's, Hey, you want to go throw? Uh, come on, let's go throw. What else you got going on? Uh, okay. That's him, which is fine, which is great. Or, Hey, do you want to go? And sometimes like, Hey, you want to go hit? Yeah. And like lately it's been, he's been gaining and that's the other thing too Brooks he's been gaining speed towards like yeah I'll go yeah that'd be fun yeah let's go hit um, he's not at the case he's never been at the point where like hey dad let's go hit hey dad let's go throw I've always been the initiator but your son wants to be but he successful. did but exactly but he wants to be successful at it and exactly. so as a, as a great loving dad you want to help him right become successful and I think when we talk about living vicariously through our sons you know, helping him become successful is a great thing. Yeah. And paving that road. But when he is successful, are you walking around the diamond with your chest held high? Or, I mean, everyone's no, going to be No, but I'm proud. in a really good mood. Yeah. I'm yeah. in a really good mood. I mean, I'm just in a great mood. He has a great game, and I'm in a great mood. I mean, he could has, you take him to do all that training and then not go to the ballpark and watch him play and then have him come home and say, son, how'd you do? Are you so emotionally attached to his performance as well? You have to be at every game, every pitch. Well, I love watching him. Like, I love watching him play. Like, I, I just, I really enjoy watching him play for better or for worse, you know, for, for success or for failure. 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. It's still, I mean, I'd, I'd trade that for a night in front of Netflix. That's, I, that's fair. And that, that, that is a healthy thing. So and you think that's as we're you think that's walking away from the tractor beam on that? Um, I just think it's it's the healthy thing and the wonderful thing is you watching your child play, right? But every dad needs to have it within him that I don't need to be there. So this the, is more about my son than it's about me. And if if I'm not clearing everything in my way in my life to have to be at every single athletic event, I'm there to support my child and make sure he. I'm doing everything for him to have an enjoyable experience. And if he really wants it, help him become successful. But at the same time, that's his life, not mine. So if you're me, what, and, and you've made a great point a couple times that uh, you, you feel like you're the ER nurse. Like you've seen you know, the, the car accidents, you've seen kids riding without helmets. Yeah, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in youth sports. Um, if you're me, what would you prescribe to either litmus test how much he wants it or um, or what's that next action step to make sure that you're in a health how do I know that I'm in a healthy place for it well I would make sure your identity is not wrapped up right and I don't sons. think I don't but think it is let's use this analogy let's okay. say you've got a ladder leaning up against the side of the house and you and Riley are climbing this ladder together is the goal to get to and the top of the ladder is the end goal Mm -hmm. What is that end goal? Is it for Riley to play uh, Division One baseball? Like that's going to give all the happiness in the world? Is it for him to play in the pros? Is it for you to be the coach of the year in the league? Or uh, you to coach in the Little League World Series? Or is the end goal at the top of that ladder for you and Riley to have a better relationship? For him to be more prepared to be a successful man, father, worker in life? I think there'll be more peace and joy when you get to the top of that ladder. But you know, what is your why? What is what are you climbing for at the top of that ladder? Well, I think a lot of I think a lot of dads also 
want their kid just to have a passion about something. And they get to age seven or eight and they look and they haven't had that, they haven't gone after something yet. You know, they haven't, they haven't locked into whatever it is that they've locked into. And I think a lot of times what, what, what I've found myself doing is trying to, trying, I don't want to say force, but at least pushing him towards that locking in to the game of baseball. And Can I ask you a quick question? Sure. You said seven or eight. Yeah. Does that come across as pretty early in life for you for a kid to figure out what their passion is? When it comes out of my mouth, it does. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I, I, mean I, I played Division One college basketball at West Virginia in the Big East, and I didn't realize that is what I wanted to do until probably eighth or ninth grade. So I was 14. But were you always were doing something? Like, we just want our kids to be doing something. Weren't you always yeah. doing something? But the culture of youth sports when I was a kid yes. is uh, uh, my dad signed me up for a lot of teams because he wanted me to be doing something. But it wasn't as specialized as it is now. The thought of him hiring a private soccer coach for me to get extra reps, uh, touches, and, uh, and working on my skills was foreign. It was, all right, soccer's over. Hey, we got a basketball team for you to be on, and I'll be there. And, you know, you know no one else is coaching, so I'll help out. But I just think in 2019, we're so hyper-focused on when our kids start. Are they keeping up with the other kids? And are they getting enough training year-round to keep up? So your advice would be sign them up for sports, keep signing them up for sports, give them something to do, but just let it go at that. Yep, I, what if they're not good? I mean, do you have the conver- I mean, do you have the conversation? Hey, man, do you want to get better at this? We can do. Th- I mean, we- I have it with my sons all the time. Okay, talk about yeah, that. Like my you- my two boys. Uh, um, are run well they're athletic they have a great spirit about them but they haven't been bitten by the sports bug yet so when they go out and and play sports they're not the best kid on the team in some cases they might be one of the worst because they they don't enjoy going out and passing and catching and doing things like that so i haven't forced them to go out and do that so when my son comes to me at the end of a basketball season uh, i always say did you enjoy that do you want to do it again next year and not 90% of the time, it's, yeah, I had a good time. I think I do. Um, and that's usually it. And then we, we unpack that the next year. But um, but you don't... I don't force them into doing it. I do force them into being active. Right. I would much rather see them playing in the neighborhood with their kids. If it's pickup basketball, they do that. Pick up football. Then me but there's no drive for there's no drive for you to try to make them better? There's just, I mean, there's not anything like, man, he's got to square his elbow up there. He's got to follow through or, you know, hey, let me show you how to do this and let me show you how to do, you know, to do that. If they want it. And they have to come and ask you for it. I I certainly, as a, as a former basketball coach, I ask them, hey, if you, you, if you want to learn how to shoot better, I'm here to help you. So you've said that to them. Absolutely. Okay. I want them to be as successful as they want, but I'm not making them go out. So is, is the moral of this story... Again, we're all trying. There, I feel like I'm representing a big group of dads here behind me, um, and we're taking our kid to the majority of the dads are on your side of the table than me. <laughs> <laughs> is the is the is the moral of the story is like starting now? Like I'm going to leave this podcast studio. I'm going out in the real world. I'm in the eye of the hurricane when it comes to youth sports. I'm in the eye of the hurricane with this. We got a game tonight. It's a rec ball game, and you know it's it's, it's just all for fun. That's what it's, I mean. It's little league at its finest. This is what. U Sports was 
birth by Little League and Williamsport and having fun that way. But starting today, he's got to ask every time. He's got to ask to get instruction. He's got to ask to help to get help, period. I'm no longer going to say, hey, let's go out and dot, dot, dot. Hey, let's go out and dot, dot, dot. Robbie, I'm not going to say it's 100% of the time, but I think it is about what the child is doing. What about do you want to? Can I say, do you want to? Is that fair? Absolutely. I mean, is that a fair? Because I mean, there's a lot of times I'd say, and and I I know we're getting real granular here, Brooks, but like, I want to, I want to do something healthy. Like, because you're saying, because that, again, that was me. Dad, can I go to the batting cage? Dad, can we do this? Dad, can we, it's not my son. I don't think it's a lot of times the son's behind, you know, the, of the dads that I feel like I'm sitting here with. Yeah. Um, but can you say, Hey, do you want to go? And if they say no, I think that's, that's another critical point. All right, cool. Yeah. Hey man, that's fine. Yeah. Well, you, hey, you got to go outside though. Cause I'm not gonna let you sit here and play, you know, video games for the next two hours. So I don't care what you do. You're just going to go outside. I can remember my grandfather that- as a kid saying, Hey Brooks, I love to catch, play catch. Will you come play catch with me? And we went out and and threw the baseball back and forth in the backyard. Or uh, I, have you ever? Did you ever say no to that? Yeah, sure. And was he? How did your grandfather react? Uh, well, I, he just uh, got out the he just got out the whip. And just, <laughs> just, he was an old World War II vet. And, uh, he just he spit out his tobacco and just, just, just hauled just, off and cracked me in the right. face. Um, but no, I, I think there's a way you can frame it to encourage your child to take part in sports, but not make it be all about you. And you driving to make sure he has successful performance. Does that make sense? That makes to I you think, and all the other dads that are pushing their child way too hard. So, so the so I think the the advice would be, hey, action step. Say, do you want to? And if their body language says no, be like, hey, you know what? That's cool. That's fine. And you're gonna have to go outside and do something, man. But go figure out that um, we don't have to go to the batting cage. We don't have to go to extra hitting practice. Hey, yeah. do you want a lesson? Yeah, Dad, I'd love a lesson. Oh, yeah, I'd like a lesson. All right, I'll get you a lesson. And maybe even to the point with the, hey, do you want to play for this travel baseball team? Absolutely. I think you want to make sure that your son or daughter wants to do it. And ask them that. Yeah. And, and, and make, by, make sure it's something that they want do you, to un, do. Do you go even deeper? Like, hey, man, why do you want to play for this team? Like, do you make sure, how do you make sure they're not doing it just to please you? Because all of us want to, I mean, I'm 44 years old. I still want to please my dad. I think asking that question is great because if they say, the reason I want to do this is to get a college scholarship, which is a great thing. You and I had our college paid for because we were athletes, but also understanding what their why is and trying to help them navigate through that. And their why shouldn't be your why. I've seen dads that wanted a college scholarship for their kid more than the kid wanted. So unpacking all of these things is so healthy um, and making sure that you're not living vicariously through your kid and that your goals aren't his goals. It's something that he wants to do. So does it make me crazy sports parent to have my just guts in a knot when he's out there on the mound? I think it makes you human. It makes you a loving dad. Now, how you let that manifest and how you control that. Um, it's all yeah. about the its all about the actions yeah. afterwards, isn't it? And how your perspective is on the game. There's not a dad in the audience that's not looking at his child play and his guts aren't in a pretzel just watching. But I think how you're grounded and what 
you're uh, really you think is important is going to sort of portray how it manifests. Whether you're going to be the dad that runs out and hauls off and cold cocks another parent or a ref, or you can just put your arm around your kid and say, you know what, I had a great time watching you play today. Let's go home and get something to eat. And then on the car ride home, if Johnny says, Dad, I, you know, I just can't hit the slider that well, maybe you can talk to him, but it's uh, it's um, I think that those relationships are very important. And in this podcast, that's what we talk about. We talk about life experiences and how we can unpack them and learn from them and become better parents through youth sports. Riley was in an all-star tournament three years ago. Big all-star tournament. It was like the big D- District 5 all-star. And he, you know, we were playing a team that... He didn't want to be there. It was just all about just, you. I just forced him in there. <laughs> you know, got him on the team because I was on the board of directors. <laughs> he did all the... I'm the head coach. And yeah. he you know, put him out there to pitch. And we're winning big. And he wasn't... He was one of the, you know, kind of the third or fourth, fifth best pitchers on the team. And first at bat, ball one, ball two, ball three, ball four, walked a guy. Second, ball one, ball two, ball three, walked a guy. Third guy, four straight. I mean, he didn't. He threw like two strikes the entire time. And I swear, Brooks, I wanted to go out there, grab the ball from him, give it to the next pitcher, pat him on his backside, and just keep walking. Just climb over the <laughs> outfield fence. There's a hill. Climb up this hill. Get in my car. Turn the car and just just drive away. And you got to. I mean, I did not do that. And you were coaching. I was coaching. Yeah, I was. I just. I mean, I it was. I was looking for a hole to crawl under, and I don't. I know that's unhealthy. When you step back from that now, mm-hmm. don't you think him going out there and failing in some ways was a great well, life-shaping experience for your son? It absolutely was. And in the, I think when I step back now, like I'm, the failure is is where hopefully he he gets that character built. And that identity, you know, he doesn't become the identity of that successful player, but he knows what failure's like. And sure enough, the next night he went out there and he had to pitch again. And he pitched well, like he pitched really well in this in a game, probably one of the better games he's ever pitched in his life. He was locked in, he was tuned in, he was focused, uh, all those things. And then, so I think he learned from it. I Man, I can just remember I was, and I don't know why I was looking for a hole. I mean, I guess as a dad, if you're watching your son fail, it's probably pretty human to look for a hole to jump into, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I'm curious to know what you did between the two games. So he went. Well, out went to this. It, he went to. He went to this guy who had a grandson on the team that taught him to get back out in front of it a little bit more. Like, <laughs> he worked with him. I mean, he, he went back and he practiced and he they ironed some stuff out with his mechanics and yeah. And I personally think with with my son and most kids, it's not about mechanics. It's not about ability. It's really just about focus. And I think that's yeah. like in every. It's like when they're taking tests. It's when they're you. Know, all, I'm just not concentrating and building those habits yeah. of where the you know you have that body and that rep- repetition it becomes natural to you, um, whether it's chewing with your mouth closed or you know yeah. taking your time answering questions on a math test or really looking at that glove taking a breath getting to a point where you feel comfortable and throwing the ball right through that glove it's only 46 feet or 50 feet away. But what a great job you did as a dad by letting your son experience that sure. moment. And when the game ended, uh, I don't know how if you took him out back and chewed him out and said, you're going with old man River over here and working on your uh, slider for three hours. Or the, this guy came up and said, hey, Riley, you know, good job. I got a couple pointers for you and, and built Riley up because he had to pitch the next day. But whatever happened, uh, obviously uh, your son got better. He still loves the game of baseball. And it's it was a positive experience for them. I think, like most dads, as we as we try to get we try not to be sucked into this tractor beam of just crazy sports parent. 
I think I probably handled it about halfway good and halfway bad. I don't think I, I didn't, you know, it's not like, you're not eating, go upstairs. <laughs> you think about this three strikes, you're embarrassing me out there. Yeah. You know, you're embarrassing me. Um, it wasn't that at all. It was, um, it was probably some disappointment and frustration. Like, hey, how are we going to get better? How, and I think that's, if you attack it that way, then you can. Did you say we? Was I supposed to say we? <laughs> well, I guess you're the coach. So I how, did well, how, but how could we as a team? But I, I used the royal we. <laughs> it was. You think it's unhealthy to say we? Well, we got to work harder. Uh, is that is that well, that's that's it, is that walking towards that tractor beam? I think it could be if if my son just played a basketball game and we're walking to the car and I said we got to get better. You know, I say it's more son. How you know you seem pretty upset about the way you played. How do you th- how do you think you can improve your jump shot? And if, I'm here to help you if you want to. Now let's go get some ice cream. And uh, and uh, that was a really fun game to be a part of. Best story I ever heard was told by a pastor, and I actually used it when the show on this. Uh-huh. Uh, I told me by a pastor down in Atlanta, and he was he told the story, and I'll relay it. It's the way I I'll, I'll relay it. I got it from him. So Riley's at bat in a machine pitch game, and we're down one run with runners at second and third and two outs in the semifinal game. This is I can remember this like it's yesterday. And something happened at home plate on the play before, so they're attending to this kid that had like a skin knee and was just all waving around and you know acting like he'd been shot. <laughs> and I go up to Riley and he's up. So Riley's up, two outs, second and third, down a run. I say, man, I just want to let you know, if you get a base hit here, we're going to go out and get ice cream after this game. So just also let you know, if you strike out or get out, we're also going to go out and get ice cream after this game. <laughs> uh-huh. And his face lit up, and sure enough, that kid got a great base hit left side got to the outfield two run score we win the game probably my my best parenting moment ever in the history of my life and that's probably the way it should be but if he had struck out i'm sure you would have said screw the ice cream (laughs) (laughs) that's this edition of playing time as we always said we're not here to preach at you we are not here at all to give you takeaways we just want to have a conversation about parenting the lives of our youth athletes that live in our families i'm robbie that's brooks we'll talk to you next time on playing time